Two films seem to have provided the impetus for productions to become more and more explicit. The first was Night of the Living Dead in 1968, and the second was the 1974 release of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Each was made for less than $200,000, and they reportedly have grossed more than $50 million apiece. The phenomenal financial success of Texas Chainsaw Massacre in particular led to a glut of Hollywood filmmakers, including several pornographers, moving into the horror field. They'd taken that same formula and instead of those explicit sex shots, they substitute women being killed and murdered by men. material that may not be suitable for all viewers. Your discretion is advised. It has been established that persons who have recently died have been returning to life and committing acts of murder. A widespread investigation of funeral homes, morgues, and hospitals has concluded that the unburied dead have been returning to life and seeking human victims. It's hard for us here to be reporting this to you, but it does seem to be a fact. And you want to know what else is a fact? This is another episode of the Next Level Network production of What Lurks behind Podcast Zero. Episode 28. Which is sort of a different episode of sorts. It's the great birthday episode, Lurkers. Um, I'll explain it a little bit, but this episode is going to be a little bit different in the fact that it's a free-for-all. No rules, no actual reviews this week. I'm going to do it a little bit differently. I'm just going to have some good fun regarding the date of October 1st, which is the anniversary of two films' release dates. And... It's also the beginning of Shocktober with Podcast Zero. Yeah, it's uh, it's what I'm theming the month of October. It's Shocktober. I'm bringing that back because you know what? Detroit, Michigan won't bring it back. So I'm bringing it back. Plus, I'm pretty sure there's other places in the world that do Shocktober. I mean, it's not like it's the most original title in the world, but who the fuck cares? I'm doing it anyways because I want to. You want to know what else is October 1st? I hate talking about this part of it, but I'm going to anyways because it's part of the show this week, guys. It's somebody's birthday. Does it have to be mine? Yeah. <laughs> it's my birthday. Uh, I don't know. 
another year older. Who the fuck cares? Whatever. It's just a date. It's like people like with their, it's my Friday. It's like, you realize Friday is just a fucking 24-hour cycle, right? <laughs> but a circle, a cycle, yeah, whatever. Um, but yeah, that's this episode just kind of me like chilling, hanging back. Not to mention like the weather is like cool and rainy and very fall-like, but it's also brought on allergies, and I think I'm maybe starting with a bit of a cold. I'm not going to whine because this is going to be a fun episode. Um, it probably won't be the longest episode either. I mean, we'll see what happens. It, it all depends on when I start talking about the movies at hand, which, oh, hey, would you like to know what those movies are? If you saw the banner on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or whatever, I'm sure you already figured it out because both posters are in the banner. But, um, hey, yeah. So... Release dates for um, this, like I said, this is gonna be a different kind of episode. The release dates for these two movies both coincided on the same day, which is also the same day that you know I was brought into this planet. Yay for all of you! But anyways, Night of the Living Dead, the George A. Romero classic, uh, was released October first, nineteen sixty-eight, and six years later. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the Toby Hooper classic, was also released on October 1st, but this time it was in 1974. And October 1st, 1975, uh-oh, I shouldn't have told you that, because you all just figured, oh, fuck it, I've mentioned how many times, <laughs> I've already told you how old I am, um, but yeah, October 1st, 1975, this sack of shit was born, yay, yay, Whew hear the applause yeah whatever but so you know first october that i'm running a horror podcast horror sci-fi whatever um i might mention that um i've kind of mapped out the way i'm going to do the next three months of the podcast so the month of october is shocktober with podcast zero and um i've already got all my movies figured out I already know what every episode is going to be like. So, and it's, there's going to be a lot of love this, this month. You're not going to hear me ranting and raving unless it's about like, you know, current news, like, you know, MGM doing their stupid child's play remake or, you know, <laughs> Hey, who knows? Um, well, actually, uh, for those of you who follow the, uh, Facebook page, which the number keeps growing. Thank you to all you new, uh, subscribers thank you so much but um yeah this morning uh i posted the clownado trailer oh jesus murphy <laughs> this movie looks fun um a lot of blood a lot of gore and linnea quickly can't go wrong with linnea you really can't but um i don't know it depends because there are i and i have met people that are like you know her acting is so horrible i can't stand her it's like okay that's the point of her acting but I don't know. She's fun. Um, but yeah, uh, the Clownado trailer is up and alive and well on the Facebook page, which like I said, it was interesting because uh, the after I'm done doing this little thing here, um, I'll be talking about Windsor Comic-Con. And while I was at Comic-Con yesterday, 
for some strange reason, I kept getting new followers on the Facebook page. I kept getting notifications for it. And I was like, is it like the power of Comic-Con, you know, doing this for me or something? It was, but it was really like cool. I mean, <laughs> it's not every day that, you know, my phone keeps dinging off telling me more people are following me. It's like, you poor souls. Um, but anyways, to get back to what I was saying. Uh, for the next three months. So the month of October is the Shocktober with Podcast Zero. And it's going to be a lot of movies that I have grown to love. I, I, as a matter of fact, I can't even wait to do next week's episode. Shit, it's going to be a fun one. Um, so yeah, so the month of October I already have mapped out. And then the month of November I'm going to do things a little bit differently. It's going to be more sci-fi related, like science fiction and shit like that. And I have a few movies picked out. I might actually ask... Um, the listeners for uh possible like you know um suggestions you know give me some suggestions like you know you guys can always feel free to like you know hit me up with a message or an email or you know comment on instagram and say yo dude do this fucking movie like as long as it's not a serbian film we're good uh, <laughs> like i said that's like the line i draw which i know somebody uh a friend of mine Fuck, who was I talking to the other day? I can't remember now. I'm sorry. <laughs> I apologize to you, but um, somebody mentioned about the movie Antichrist, and I haven't seen that yet either. And I was reading up on it. I'm like, hmm. <laughs> uh, this should have been a movie I went into blindly, um, but at the same time, do I really want to see this? Like, I don't know. But <sighs> it is what it is. It doesn't. It doesn't have all the full problems i have with a serbian film so you never know i might do antichrist one day but uh oh and then the month of december uh, i i think that's pretty obvious like what i'm gonna be doing in the month of uh december september <laughs> september just ended um uh the month of december i think it's pretty obvious what i'll be doing uh, it's gonna be like christmas related horror movies which i absolutely love i have a huge um soft spot in my heart for christmas related horror i think christmas and horror actually mix very well together i know a lot of people are like that's you know sacrilegious and shit like that it's like go fuck off it is not as fun seeing killer santas and you know krampus and all that shit that's fuck christmas is actually when you think about it it's a pretty scary holiday uh, it's not all it's cracked up to be but anyways i've kind of rambled and ranted about all that sort of shit and i haven't even gotten into what i actually wanted to talk about before we get into the movie reviews of sorts. Uh, so, Windsor Comic Con 2018. Yes, we are a smaller con here in Windsor, Ontario. It's not a big con. It's, you know, it, one little small room. And, uh, I mean, it's I like smaller cons myself, personally. I, I've been to Fan Expo. I haven't been to San Diego. I probably never will go to San Diego. I think that's going to be a little too much for me. Um, I mean, I, I I know I always say I hate people. Um, I don't necessarily hate people when I'm in a crowd that I like being in. <laughs> but I like smaller cons because it's not as crowded. Um, granted, that said, I'd say Windsor Comic Con seems like it's picking up. It's starting to generate some some heat, some hype, because... Yesterday seemed a lot busier than I've seen it. I could also have something to do with the the guests that they had, and they changed it up. They did some like new events and whatnot, 
which I got to say, one thing that I noticed this year about the Comic-Con, which um, if you didn't have a chance, and you, like if you were in the Windsor area and you didn't have a chance to go, i kind of let you know what you missed. Um, <laughs> good selection of horror collectibles this year. Uh, I was impressed. Uh, the last couple of years I've gone, there hasn't been you know a, a whole lot of horror uh, well, I mean, it's a Comic-Con, right? So, I mean, you expect superheroes and, you know, your Batmans and Green Arrows and shit like that. But I was impressed. Uh, there was a lot of horror stuff. I mean, most of the vendors had similar selections to choose from. But there were some There were some good vendors. Uh, I can't remember the name of the one that I went to. But anyways, I was, uh, for my birthday, da-da-da-da-da. Um, my mother gave me like some money and said, you know, if you find something nice, you like pick it out. And I found an old, like, uh, I think I'd say it came out like 10 years ago or so. Anyways, it's now a limited edition, uh, Tarman figure from Return of the Living Dead. And I was really happy I found it. And <laughs> while I'm there paying for that, I noticed off to the side, they had this little, gremlin figure it was a gremlin of uh stripe when he's the actual gremlin not the mogwai and i had that as a kid like it's a little like three inch figure so i said to the guy and like there was no price on it no nothing and i said to him i'm like it's the gremlin going for and he starts laughing he's like somebody actually wants that and i'm like um yeah he's like five bucks i'm like (laughs) sold i didn't even bargain with him it was like i wanted it so badly because i had it as a kid and I can't remember which one it was, but one of my pets, probably one of the cats. We've had cats my whole life pretty much, so I'm assuming it was one of the cats. Anyways, one of the animals decided to chew it up. And after so long, it just it wasn't salvageable anymore, so we threw it out. And I always kind of felt bummed out about it because it was a, it was a two-pack set. And unfortunately, I don't, I don't still have the gizmo, but you got a stripe and a gizmo. And... It was a little three-inch figure, and I mean, I had that right from 1984 when it, when it came out, when the movie came out, and whatnot. Like, and I loved that toy so much. And of course, I mean, you get older, things happen. Like I said, one of my cats got to it and had to throw it away. It's now sitting in front of my TV with all the rest of the little collectibles I have there, and I was like, yeah, I was so happy. I know <laughs> the small things that amuse me, but. If you haven't figured out by now my <laughs> love for nostalgia, you uh, you haven't been listening the past 27 episodes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, what else did they have? They had, uh, my sister got me for my birthday, she got me this really cool like Freddy Krueger bank. Freddy Krueger, sorry, uh, allergies are stuffing me up a bit, so I kind of came out Freddy Krueger. <laughs> He's not a cougar. Um, well, maybe some people think he's a cougar. I don't know. A cougar's a woman thing, though, isn't it? Uh, not to get all, like, you know, division of the sexes here or whatever. But anyways, moving on. Uh, treading into waters I don't want to tread into. <laughs> uh, let's see what else. Um, a lot of Michael Myers stuff, obviously, what with Halloween being released. And uh, a lot of Friday the 13th, Chucky. I mean, they had a lot of your common stuff. I, w- I was looking everywhere for a Spookies poster, and that wasn't happening. But uh, I did get some really cool prints, though. I got, um, uh, well, I've always loved the uh, uh, Friday the 13th Part 8, the uh, Jason Takes Manhattan poster where it's the I Heart 
uh, New York, but the heart is Jason's mask. I ended up finding a print of that, so I was really happy I got that. I got the thing, finally. Um, I've been looking out for that one for a while, which is, you would think it's easy. Um, trying to do it, like, because, I mean, sure, I could order it online, but then, you know, they either roll it or they fold it, and I kind of wanted to, like, find it, find it, so I finally found John Carpenter's The Thing, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, and Return of the Living Dead, I finally have one. I was so happy. So some nice wall art, finally, that uh, I'd been looking for. And I mean, like, they had a lot of that. You, There was a lot of the movies. Uh, there were some uh, more obscure titles, but unfortunately, <laughs> Spookies is not one of them. Um, which, actually, I have a, a story about Spookies in just a few moments once I get through the rest of this. But um, anyways, yes, a great selection of horror collectibles this year. Uh, then in terms of some of the events they had, there was a Jurassic Park experience, which is kind of cool. They had the Jurassic Park Jeep. You could take pictures with it and whatnot. They were, I think they were charging, though. I didn't get a picture with the Jeep. And what else was there? There was the Ghostbusters, uh, Great Lakes Ghostbusters uh event I guess you'd call it it was kind of like like they had like a couple tables laid out with all different like cool like movie memorabilia things and whatnot some of them were actual movie props and other ones were like um, replicas but it was like really cool and then you could take a picture with like the Great Lakes Ghostbusters and there was Vigo the Carpathian painting was in the background with the giant logo and whatnot it was it was really cool they had like their version of the Ecto-1 outside <laughs> It didn't look like the one from the movie, but I mean, whatever. I mean, the spirit was still alive and well with it and whatnot. And uh, let's see what else. 501st Legion of the Windsor area. Uh, 501st Legion, for those of you who don't know, is like a Star Wars thing. Uh, People cosplay as like Vader and Stormtroopers and, you know, all the Empire and whatnot and so they were there, and it was kind of cool because you go like through this like corridor, go up on a stage, and you could take pictures with like this really cool looking R two unit that was like he wasn't white with blue; it was like black with like purple, green, and orange. And it look, it was actually really decent. It was really like sharp looking, and of course, he made all the noises and he moved around and whatnot. And the kids loved it, right? That's the point of it for the kids. <sighs> me um anyways <laughs> so yeah they had that going on there was like uh this giant like blow up like dragon it was like a hot air balloon dragon that was like kind of like when you walked into the con it was like first thing you saw fucking huge <laughs> it was like whoa hey look at you up there uh to get a picture of it you had to stand like you know a good 20 30 feet back from it it was cool but anyways the one part, because I'm just rambling on, and I want to get to this one part because this was the really this was the reason I went. I met Tony Todd yesterday, the Candyman himself, Ben from the Night of the Living Dead remake. Uh, not to mention he's uh, Zoom in the Flash. Uh, fuck, he's been in Hatchet, um, Star Trek. Fuck. Justice League action. He does voice acting in that. Well, he's done a lot of voice acting, not just in that. Um, shit. So much that Tony Todd has been a part of. Uh, Platoon. Uh, the Crow. I mean, like, I I could go on forever. And I Wishmaster. There's another one. 
he's done so much. Anyways, I knew way back, and I think I even mentioned it on this podcast uh, when he was announced that he was coming to Windsor. That was that was my goal was to meet Tony Todd, and I'm the kind of person when I I know like they're just they're humans like the rest of us. I get it. But when I meet like actors that I've been following for a long time, I get really nervous. This dude was so awesome. Much like when I re- when I met Robert Englund, they, it's like they can almost sense like, okay, this guy's nervous. So he like totally pulled me out of it by just like talking about stuff. And I was wearing my spooky shirt yesterday. And he says to me, he's like, so what's this movie mean to you? And I'm like, how do you mean? He's like, like, why did you want to wear it to the Comic-Con today? And I just started talking spookies with him. I was like, you know, well, it's a low-budget movie around here. Not too many people know it, so I like to promote it and stuff like that. And he's like, that's really cool. And then he's like, is it a good movie? I'm like, not really. <laughs> I'm like, but I love it. And then I'm wearing my Tigers hat. And he goes, oh, so you're a Tigers fan. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, they suck, but I love them. And it was just funny because... Everything he was bringing up, it was like, oh, so it sucks, but I love it. And then he's like, are you a Detroit Lions fan? I'm like, no. He's like, I need to stop there. (laughs) But, I mean, it was, like, really cool. Like, I mean, you don't expect to be talking baseball with, like, your favorite horror icon. You know what I mean? Or just, like, like this whole thing with the spookies. Like, I mean, what was really interesting was I think it was, like, his handler, I think it is, or like his agent or whatever was with him. And when we walk up, his agent walks up to me and he's like, I've been looking for you. And I'm like, this is fucking weird. I'm like, what do you mean you've been looking for me? He's like, are you from the Toronto area? I'm like, no. He's like, oh. I'm like, well, I mean, four hour drive away, right? And he's like, because Spookies is, you know, they're putting it on the big screen in Toronto for a weekend or whatever. And I was like, oh, okay. He's like, I've never seen anyone wear a shirt that says Spookies on it. I go, I'm pretty sure I'm the only guy in Windsor that owns this shirt. <laughs> but it was like really cool. It was it, it was an experience that me walking into it, I'm nervous as fuck. I'm like, holy shit. Like I've been following Tony Todd's movies for well over 20 years, 30 years, whatever. And, you know, I was, I, I was trying to think of what would I talk about? What would I say to him? What am I going to ask him? This and that. And before I knew it, the moment was almost over. But then there was something that happened. And for a guy like me, this is fucking huge. Because I said in ta- in conversation, I mentioned something about my podcast. And all of a sudden, it was like Tony Todd like kind of like clued in on that. And he goes, he's like, oh, what's the name of your podcast? And I'm like, what lurks behind Podcast Zero? And right away, he was like, oh, yeah, I follow you on Instagram. and Or no, sorry, I follow you on Twitter. And I said, and Instagram too. He's like, yeah. He's like, I actually remember seeing that quite often. Day made. I was fucking floored. I'm like, he actually remember, And like, he knew it. Like, I said, like, what lurks behind? And he goes, Podcast Zero. Like, he almost like finished the sentence for me. I was like, you're kidding me. Like, for all the fucking podcasts in the world, and you actually remembered the name of mine, I was fucking floored. That was probably one of the biggest moments of my podcasting life this far. <sighs> wow. That that made the whole day perfect. The fact that 
the Tony Todd. We're talking Candyman. We're talking like this guy has done some of the biggest fucking roles. And he remembered my podcast. Like he knew of my podcast. Thank you. <laughs> if he ever hears this, thank you. That meant so much to me. Uh, it was fucking unbelievable. And I'll be honest with you. What was an average like to good pod, uh, podcast, an average to good uh, convention became overly great just because of that moment. Uh, it was awesome. I got a photo and an autograph with him. He autographed uh, Night of the Living Dead li- uh, Litho uh, because he was Ben. You know, all of you know that. I don't. I don't have to tell you that. But um, <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. It was really, really good. I, I have to say the convention was great. I had a lot of fun. Um, sadly, due to the fact that I have to work tonight and I need sleep and. Also, now I'm starting with a cold. <laughs> I could only go yesterday, and it's running again today. But I'm definitely looking forward to next year's, see what they do. Uh, because each year it's getting a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger and better guests and better events and whatnot. Like I said, like this one was fun. We were there probably, I'd say, about a good five hours. And I'm not normally one for big crowds that long. Like <laughs> I'm very limited with my big crowds. And I yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was a great event. Had a had a blast. But like I said, that the the, the minute that Tony Todd remembers my podcast, that meant everything. That was like, wow, I doing something right. <laughs> Even if it's just the social media aspect of it, uh, I'm doing something right. So anyways. It is now time for movie reviews. Kind of. Um, so here's my thing with this week's movie reviews. It's two movies that if you're even remotely a casual horror movie fan, you've seen both of these movies. I don't have to review them for you. So I'm going to kind of do it differently. I'm not going to go through the whole, this movie was directed by, and it was built on a budget of this and that, and all that other shit. I'm just going to talk about, like, different, like, really cool things about the the movies. Like, things like why I love them, um, you know, things that stand out for me, you know, uh, how I compare them to their remakes, because both of these movies have been uh, remade, and, oh, shit. Uh, fuck. Wait. Hold on one sec. Um, trailer time! I forgot about that. Uh, so, yes, let's, before I jump into this too far, let's do some trailers, and then when we come back, I'll just talk some more. Because this is not the point of this podcast, for me to fucking talk. Um, yeah. Back in a moment. Welcome to a night of total terror. Night of the living dead, the dead who live on living flesh, the dead whose haunted souls hunt the living, the living whose bodies are the only food for these ungodly creatures. Ah! 
of the living dead. A bizarre adventure in fear. An experience in shock, more shattering than your strangest nightmare. Night of the living dead. A night with the dead who cannot die. A night of total terror. Night. Of the living dead. was true. The most bizarre and brutal series of crimes in America. as real, just as close, just as terrifying as being there. Even if one of them survives, what will be left? The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. After you stop screaming, you'll start talking about it. Welcome back, everyone, to the great birthday episode. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday. Shut the fuck up, Paul. (laughs) So, okay, Night of the Living Dead and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Two films that are very different in their own way, but have the similar release date, which is the same day as my day of birth. So that's what this whole episode is about. If anything, this episode should be called October 1st. (laughs) It shouldn't even be, you know, Night of the Living Dead review or a Texas Chainsaw Massacre review because technically these aren't reviews. Um, I'm not going to go beat by beat and tell you what happens in the movies. You know what happens in the movies. You've seen them. Whether you're the casual fan or a diehard fan, you've seen these movies. These movies are very common. They're played every October on TV somewhere. Whether it's a local network or it's AMC, sci-fi, space. You know, it it doesn't matter. They're very easy to find. These movies are not in limited edition anywhere. Fuck Night of the Living Dead alone (laughs) 
how many releases has there been? Like hundreds of them. And I've owned them in several VHS formats and, or not formats, but like I've owned several copies both in VHS and in DVD. I don't have either film on Blu-ray yet. That's kind of by choice because I like the grainier, dirtier look to the films. I like the fact that they look older. So I will eventually get the Blu-rays, but I really, I kind of like the the more scruffier look to the films. Uh, and I know that both films have had remasters on Blu-ray and they clean them up. And uh, I don't know, for me personally, I kind of don't want that. I know it sounds kind of weird, but I like the scruffy VHS look or the DVD look that is, you know, cleaned up and polished up a bit, but still looks grainy. So, I don't know. I don't have them on Blu-ray yet, but I will. But these films, I mean, much like they've affected many creators, special effects wizards and whatnot, they've they've affected many fans. Um, (laughs) I, I don't know... I honestly can say that I don't think I have ever met a horror fan who hadn't seen both of these movies. So, when when I was approaching this episode, at first I was going to do the typical review of each film, and I was like, honestly, how much more could I possibly bore my audience with talking about stuff that everyone else has talked about? Yes, we know, Night of the Living Dead gave us the first film with a black lead. Granted, he's fucking amazing. Dwayne Jones did such a great job with this. But you know that. You already know that. Everybody knows that. Um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre changed the genre in the fact of its imagery. And, you know, claiming it was based on a true story. and Which it was very, very loosely based on, you know, stories of actual true crime and whatnot. But, again, like... Both Romero and Hooper, these are works of fiction. And they may have brought some reality to them. I mean, Night of the Living Dead has its own social commentary. And TCM, well, like I said, it's you know, very loosely based on a serial killer. But they're acts, they're, they're acts, they're works of fiction. They're films that there's no point for me to review them in the way I would say every other film I've reviewed on this podcast. So how am I going to approach this episode? Well, I'm going to do things a little bit differently. I'm going to talk about why I love these films, talk about maybe favorite scenes. Both films have been remade. So how does that affect me? How do I feel about them? You know, kind of stuff like that. And I'm I'm going to do it as quick as I can. I know not everybody wants to sit here and listen to me talk about two films that we all know all too fucking well. (laughs) But it's, you know, this is my episode kicking off the whole Shocktober with Podcast Zero, and what better way to do it than with these two films? They're iconic. They're, They're standout films. Night of the Living Dead is the first film I ever saw as a child. I don't know how bad does that sound, but uh, if you have a chance, go on the Facebook page. Watch the, uh, the 2020 segment I posted called VCR, VCR Horrors. And, you know, you'll see kids on there talking about how these movies affect them or don't affect them. 
I was one of those kids where I approach these movies, they're not real, you know? So, and that's the thing with horror films. You know, horror films, they get a bad rap sometimes. People automatically assume, you know, it generates violence within the youth and whatnot. Not really. The majority of us horror fans know it's phony, it's fake. Yeah, we watch them because we like the thrill. We watch them because, for myself personally, I treat horror as almost like its own version of comedy. You know, it's very um, out there. It's very eccentric. It's very uh, bizarre. And I like that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Night of the Living Dead was bizarre for its time. First time we had flesh-eating zombies. You know, prior to this, this film, Night of the Living Dead... You know, zombies were a thing of voodoo, a thing of witchcraft. <laughs> this time they turned it around and just had that the dead were coming back from, you know, coming back to life. Uh, well, I don't even think they really clarified in the movie, but I mean, they kind of insinuated it was a government thing, <laughs> you know. Blame the government. Yeah. Um, but Romero had his own social commentary, you know, people walking around like zombies. In today's day, it's never been more relevant. You know, people walking around staring at their phones more than paying attention to real life. <laughs> I actually had a moment of that uh, last week, I think, at my job. Uh, by the way, this past week was a long week at work. But, uh, yeah, we had some, like, display up at the front of, you know, the establishment and I was too busy watching the Chicago Bears game on my phone, didn't notice it. Um, so I too was a zombie for a moment. <laughs> but um, yeah, like Night of the Living Dead, I, I'm going to start with that one and then jump into Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Night of the Living Dead for me, like I said, was the first film I saw as a child. It was the first time I saw something that shocked me, kind of. I, I was four years old when I saw it. So, I mean, it stuck with me. You know, it's, most four-year-olds are watching, like, you know, you know, Barney or Teletubbies or, well, hopefully not Teletubbies. That shit's scary in itself. Actually, so is Barney. But, I mean, what, four years old? It was 1979. I can't even remember what was on fucking TV at that time, you know. 19, well, let's see, 1977 had the Adams Family Halloween special, and I remember watching that. Not scary, but I mean, it wasn't like this. This this shocked me. You know, there's that scene where the one female zombie is like, you know, eating what looks like someone's liver. <laughs> you know, and that stuck with me. I was like, holy shit! You know, not that I, I again, not that I approached it as this is real, but they actually do this in the movies. Like that that my young little brain used to wonder like. How'd they get away with this? You know, how'd they do it? I have always questioned that about movies. How do they do that? You know, it's surprising I didn't go into a film career because that's the kind of stuff that has kept me interested for almost 40 years now. You know, how do they do that? And, you know, Night of the Living Dead was the first film to actually make my little brain question how did they make that look so real? And I mean, not to mention Night of the Living Dead was a black and white film at a time when color was really starting to become the big thing. And there is a colorized version of Night of the Living Dead. <laughs> that might be something not everyone knows. 
There's a colorized version. I'll tell you this much. This is one of those movies where having color takes away from it. It's better off black and white. But, I mean, again, like, it just, it affected me. And it's been a movie that every year on Shocktober, Channel 50, Night of the Living Dead, Night of the Living Dead, every year, year after year, to this day, that's still the way it is, you know, whether it's, like, what is it, Um, AMC, the month of October, they, you know, have movies playing all months long, you know, horror-related movies. Night of the Living Dead is always in there somewhere, you know. And when I say it affected creators and whatnot, Tom Savini in 1990 remade it. He changed some things. You know, he made uh, Barbara <laughs> less uh, whiny, you know, less catatonic. Uh, whether or not you like Patricia Tallman's uh, version of Barbara, well, I mean... Say You Love Satan recently just did an episode on the uh, remake. And, yeah, they make it pretty clear. They weren't a big fan of hers. I, myself personally, I think, within within terms of the remake, I kind of like that they didn't make her catatonic, but at the same time, as much as they tried to put a badass spin on her, I have to agree, I think her acting hurt it a little. And I, I... who am I to say, right? I'm some like no name schmuck on a podcast, but I don't know the the remake. It, I, it, I love the remake. When Tony Todd signed, you know, my litho yesterday, it was of the Night Night of the Living Dead remake. I mean, I love that movie. I own that one too. But yeah, it, it's it's a movie that like and the music. You know, the music stands out to me. I always remember that opening theme you know when the movie kicks off and i mean and fuck that the music to that movie is uh, a lot of that was public domain stuff it was it wasn't original none of the music in in the original night of the living dead was original it's all from public domain this whole movie has public domain written all over it you know because the opening title card didn't have a copyright to it this is why so many, you know, VHS distributors and DVD distributors. It's why there's so many versions of it everywhere. When you buy those, you know, 50 horror movie packs and 100 movies and 16, you know, monster movies and whatnot, you buy all those collections. That's why Night of the Living Dead is in there. So, but yeah, I mean, there's so much about Night of the Living Dead, and it's not a perfect film. It, it it has its flaws, but there's so much about it that always stands out. You know, it's that seeing that one, like the half-eaten skull. You know, when Bar when Barbara first sees that, you know, witnessing her brother dead, and when you know when he shows up at the house later, and she sees it for the you know she sees her brother, but now he's one of the Walking Dead. When you think about it, how would that affect you? You know what I mean? Like, it's one of those things that forces the audience to question, how would I react in that situation? If I saw my sister as a zombie, I'd, you know, I don't know how I'd react that first time. Do I take a baseball bat to her head or do I, you know, want to (laughs) die? Because shit, there's my sister, you know? Um, And and, and that's the thing. Uh, when, When you're young and you see this movie for that first time and that second time, like these are the kinds of things that stick with you. 
and it did. And it, it changed me. It changed my life. It changed many lives, you know. It, And it led to so many zombie movies after, you know. Romero continued with his Living Dead, you know, series. And then we had Return of the Living Dead, one of my all-time favorite films ever. <laughs> um, so, you know, like, and that movie, like, really... Like I say, like, it's one of those things that stuck with me. And then, you know, when you look at Texas Chainsaw Massacre, this was a movie that it was, it was the first time that, and I saw this, I saw Texas Chainsaw Massacre at a pretty young age as well. I didn't see it on regular, like, local television, though. They, back then, back in the 80s, wasn't as common to see Texas Chainsaw Massacre on, like, a Shocktober. Because... How far could they get with the censors? Back then, censors were really tough on the on the movies that were on local networks, you know. <laughs> it was a cable thing back then. But I remember, you know, when we first got cable, around 86, 87, around there is when, you know, my family first got cable TV. And oh my God, cable TV, like it opened up our world to so many new things. And I remember, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre being on late night. You know, it was something that they showed after midnight because it was so graphic. <laughs> Compared to movies today, it's nothing. You know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the, the beauty of that film is everything it doesn't show you. Because your imagination is going to run a lot more fucking wilder than to actually see it. Which was the downfall to the remakes. And there's been, you know, countless remakes and reboots and sequels and whatnot for Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And every single one of them fails because they show too much. That said, the first remake, what was it, 2003, I think? I don't know. I, don't, I didn't research shit this week. <laughs> but, you know, that first remake, that first Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake that we had... There was the one scene where the guy's like kind of like pinned up in the air, half his leg is cut off, and Leatherface takes the salt and just jams it in the wound. That part actually got me. I was like, oh shit, that would fucking hurt. And I mean, that I don't want to say the remake is completely horrible. That first remake was somewhat okay. Nowadays, these movies that are coming out with Leatherface, it's like, just stop. <laughs> just stop. You're not getting it. You know. But again, you know, back then when the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre came out and people were seeing these horrifying images on the screen for the first time, I mean, it caused people to feel uneasy. They were, you know, they were like moving around in their seats. They were queasy. They were, they were terrified. You know, now in 2018, we have Terrifier where Art the Clown is sawing a woman right in half, you know, and they're showing it. So, <laughs> Night of the Living Dead and Texas Chainsaw Massacre, both, you know, big game changers. And, and that's the thing, like, maybe I'm a game changer. Maybe October 1st means I'm the game changer. Yeah, right, I'm not a game changer. But, I mean, it just is funny. And I, I, I love telling people, you know, like, you want to know why I'm so fucked up? Well, hey, the day I was born is the same, you know, anniversary date of these two movies and when i tell people you know they're usually like yeah it explains a lot <laughs> but um 
Sadly, I mean, and when you think about it too, like here's something else that, you know, if you're following like dates and whatnot, I mean, 2017 was the, the year we lost both George A. Romero and Toby Hooper in one year, you know, and how did, how did that affect me? It, I didn't know these people personally. I, I didn't know. I never met either of them. But to have both directors, you know, both creative minds behind two of the most influential films in my life pass in the same year, and I believe it was like a month apart. I, that, that was something else. Like, I mean, kind of made me realize I was getting old, but that's besides the point. It was like, wow, like the two legends that affected me in the way they did, both gone within a month. If I'm, if it's either a month or two months, but you know, you heard at the beginning of this episode, for example, 2020, you know, the VCR horrors piece and both these movies, ironically, both these movies get blamed for why horror had become so extreme. And this is funny. Because when you think about it, that segment came from 1987. And in 87, they thought horror was like, oh my god, it's going to ruin the youth. And why are teenagers so drawn to these? Why are young kids so drawn to these films? They're horrible. They're going to cause a bunch of psychopathic killers and whatnot. And here in 2018, we look back at 1987 and we go, yeah, these movies are nothing, you know. Uh, it was uh, sequel heaven, you know, all the big franchises, Halloween, Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street. They all had like multiple sequels and with each sequel, the, the, the films got worse and worse. And we look back on them today and we go, okay, so what's so bad about it? I mean, Friday the 13th, like some of these movies had absolutely no gore. You know, again, it was the idea of what you pictured it to look like. I think it's, uh, well, this was 1989, but Jason Takes Manhattan. There's almost no blood in the whole fucking movie. Again, it's the whole idea of what your mind perceives, you know? And Texas Chainsaw Massacre was no different. But back in 1974, it was like, holy shit. (laughs) Yeah, like... And again, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like, favorite scenes out of that. Like, you know, the the one scene where, um, what's her fucking name? Oh, shit. I can't. I, I'm having a complete mind fart. What else is fucking new? Welcome to Podcast Zero, where I can never fucking think. But um, when she goes running into the room and there's, like, the, the couch made of the bones... You know, the chickens and the cages and whatnot. And those are very unnerving scenes for a lot of people. You know, again, like I said, in today's day, that's nothing. But back then, that was like, it was very bizarre. Like, okay, perfect example, Mandy. People are talking about this movie and how fucking bizarre it is. We're seeing shit in this movie that it's like, what the fuck am I watching? That was what the reaction was of Texas Chainsaw Massacre in 74. And even throughout the 80s, I mean, like, like I, I saw it, I don't want to, I'm not going <laughs> to know an exact date here, but 
probably earlier in the 80s is when I saw Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And I remember seeing it for the first time going, what the fuck? Like, what's with the chickens in the cages? That house is creepy. Why would they even walk into it? What's with Franklin? The most fucking annoying character probably in any fucking movie. Even more annoying than, like, Bob Boyle in, like, you know, or fucking Tad in uh, Cujo, you know. The kid in the Babadook. <laughs> Can't even remember his name. But, um, and I like the Babadook. It's not a bad movie. But, you know, people will say, like, how these kids are annoying. Fucking Franklin's, like, he must own the trophy for the most annoying fucking character in any movie. Although there was, uh, shit, what's her name? The aunt in Sleepaway Camp. She was fucking annoying, too. <laughs> but, yeah, I, you know, Night of the Living Dead and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Let me put it to you this way, okay, because I, I kind of want to wrap this up. Uh, it's my birthday, and I want to go celebrate and whatnot, and my allergies are really acting up. I know, you're like, why the fuck am I tuning into your podcast? You're going to fucking whine. But, you know, uh, getting to the ratings, getting to... um. You know, because these movies, obviously, like I said, I don't, I don't have to go through all the rigmarole with these movies. You guys know them. But, you know, 10 is the number of the month I was born. October is the 10th month. What do I rate these fucking movies? Both movies get 10s. You get a 10. You get a 10. Everyone gets a 10. Or a 10 out of 10. Even if they're not fucking 10s, I don't care. Cause it's my birthday and I'll do what I want to. No, um, but the fact that these movies have stood the test of time, you know, the the fact that directors want to remake these movies because they want to make them more edgier. You don't need to make them more edgier. The originals today, both films are being aired in theaters today, right now, somewhere, whether it's in the United States or Canada, somewhere, someone is airing these movies in the theaters as they are. And the reason for that, because of how iconic they are, how strong they are, the the themes within them, the visuals, the sounds, you know, the sounds, the sounds, especially the sound effects in Texas Chainsaw Massacre, very unnerving. John Carpenter said it best when he did Halloween, you know, when I did a, a screening without the music, nobody thought the movie was scary. He added the score and all of a sudden everyone was terrified. He said he was watching people in the audience and they weren't covering their eyes or covering their ears. Texas Chainsaw Massacre is a lot like that too. Night of the Living Dead. Some of, some of the music that they use for Night of the Living Dead is very unnerving shit. I love the soundtrack though. <laughs> but, I, you know, like I'm saying, like both these movies, so many years later, I mean, this is the, this is the 50th year anniversary of Night of the Living Dead. You know? 50 years later, and this movie still stands strong. There's not many films out there that can can say the same thing. I mean, yes, you've got your Gone with the Winds and your Wizards of Oz, but there's not, there's not more than a handful of films that can stand as strong as these ones do. And going into the whole idea of the Shocktober theme with this month's episodes... And I planned this way back in February. When I first started this podcast, I knew the first episode in October was going to be Night of the Living Dead, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Because it just felt right. 
it feels like, and I mean, obviously I'm tying it in with my birthday because I, you know, it's all about me. <laughs> 2018, it's all about me. Yeah. Um, no, but I knew I wanted to do this. This, this has been planned for a while. Like I said, I, I more so was dancing on the idea of, do I do a straight out review or do I just talk shit? Which I think is pretty much what this episode is. It's me talking shit this week. If you skip this episode and you don't listen to it, you're not missing much, honestly. But I wanted to do it anyways. For me, this is my episode for me. Um, 10 out of 10. Both films. I don't need to say anything more. And I know that almost every single one of you listening to this episode, at one point or another, is going to watch both of these movies in the month of October. Because we all do. All horror movie, all horror fans do. It's always on that bucket list for October. So that's that. That's it for this week's show. See, kind of simple and easy. It's also, that's it for the first episode of October with Podcast Zero. Thank you for tuning in and celebrating this wonderful moment with me. This wonderful orgy of debauchery and violence oh you know it's when you think about it in 2020 should do an episode on the dangers of all us horror fans who grew up we killed no one and now we talk about these very movies that they were afraid of because we weren't (laughs) Uh, or not they don't have to whatever fuck 2020 whatever I hate news media you guys know that except bloody disgusting I like them good website no there's a lot of good news media out there is good you know where the best news media is people podcasts people with heart people with passion people who want to talk about what you want to hear them talk about and why you tune into mine i haven't the slightest fucking clue but you guys are awesome i love you all like i said like you know yesterday all the all the new followers if you're listening to the podcast thank you, you guys are wonderful Twitter I get new followers every day too same with Instagram so hopefully you guys are listening to the episodes and enjoying and now we're gonna just finish this episode off because I kind of also want to announce next week's episode but first off where can you find the podcast well you can find it at its home nextlevelradioonline.com slash podcast zero you can also find the podcast on what lurks behind podcast zero.com and then there's the social media accounts, which I am now including all three. Facebook.com slash what lurks behind podcast zero. Instagram at what lurks behind podcast zero. And on Twitter at WLB podcast underscore zero. I still think it's amazing that fucking Tony Todd knew, you know, what lurks behind podcast zero. And he's like, yeah, I follow you on Twitter. It's like, fuck. Day made. Oh, and yes, I am on Horror Amino. I, I, if anyone on Horror Amino is listening to this, I know I'm not very active on there. I mainly just post the episodes and disappear for another week. Um, it's hard to keep up with social media these days. There's so many different pockets of it. I mean, there's so many I don't even use. You know, VK.com, Snapchat. There's, there's too many. But it is what it is. Moving on, though, now exciting moment next week's episode and oh it's a good one 
I know, I'm like way overly hyper. I'm looking forward to this one because it's a movie that's very dear to me. It's a movie that other podcasts have had their say on it. Now I kind of want to have mine. It's a movie from 1986. It's the movie that Tony Todd noticed my shirt yesterday and was asking about it. He didn't even know about the movie. It's an obscure title, but it's got farting zombies, so fuck yeah, baby. Spooky. That's my episode next week. And again, like I said, like this month has been planned out pretty much since I started this podcast. I knew exactly what I was doing in the month of October and knowing that Spookies was coming up and I haven't been saying anything. It's like, yeah, I'm excited. So yeah, next week, Spookies is the episode. And I can't wait to talk about it. But until then, until we rise from the depths of the... Oh, fuck. <laughs> I don't know what I meant to write there because I I had the, like the, the last quote had it all written out so i'd say it perfectly and i have a typo so i don't even know what i meant to say but anyways but until then until we rise from the depths of filth and decay again don't let any elitist cuck tell you what movies to love love the movies you want to love because at the end of the day they are just that movies and it doesn't hurt to have something that makes you happy so screw news media screw the normies keep it macabre people Yes, and that's going to be my new thing. Like, everybody's got, like, you know, stay spooky or keep it creepy or whatever. Mine is keep it macabre. I don't even know if that makes sense, but I don't fucking care. It's a Sunday morning and I'm still half asleep. But, hey, now we dance. Some music. And I'll be back next week. Ciao for now, babies. (laughs) 